Welcome to another episode of Dying for Midnight, DFM. Be mindful of your surroundings while tuning in. There might be a fellow listener, and they're a lot closer than you think. Welcome, everyone, to the first Friday in December. This week is episode 42 at the Dime for Midnight podcast, and we're continuing our unofficial Hungry for the Holidays with a PG-rated holiday movie featuring minor Chinese demons. And yes, that is a thing in Chinese demon lore. (laughs) I promise you that, at least according to the Googles and the internets. Uh, Some say this movie is horror. Some say this movie is horror adjacent. Some say this movie is gateway horror. Well, whatever the case may be, this movie's cast has a ton of notables that could have only been directed by Joe Dante. We're calling this episode the one that feels like a gooey Rockwell painting. Uh, Carrie, in this episode, we're talking about that cute little fuzzy brown and white critter that spawns not-so-cute critters. Today, Carrie, we are talking about a 1984 flick a creature feature-esque, uh, what movie are we talking about today? Gremlins, of course. That's the Gremlins Ragtime. That's the name of that track. Um, so right away, guys, on to movie morsels. Roll that trailer. Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. Billy Pelser has a nice home. Billy, is that you? Yeah, Mom, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? I'd love to. And loving parents. Who are about to give him? You're gonna like this. No, no, no! Don't shake it. We're gonna have to open it now. It won't wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift <laughs> he ever got. What is it? No. It's your new pet. Come on, Barney, be a good dog. My dad gave it to me. But there are a few things to keep in mind. If you expose it to the light, you may hurt it. If you get it wet, it will multiply. All that from water? They got wet? Yeah, plain water. And most important, no matter how much they beg, never, never let them eat after midnight. Because when they do, they change. They become clever, mischievous. What's going on here? And dangerous. Gremlins, huh? Little monsters. Right. Hundreds of them. Well, I I don't know, maybe thousands. They've been here too. Billy, 
What are these things? Where do they come from? Look, I know it sounds crazy, I know. But in a few hours, you're gonna have a major disaster on your hands. Gremlins, directed by Joe Dante. They'll be expecting you. Okay, now we are going to do the reaction to that trailer. <laughs> Carrie, you started off first. What did you see there in that trailer? It gives away a lot of the movie, but it still makes me want to watch it. There's just, you know, there's going to be crazy antics, and it just. It gives you that Goonies feeling of adventure that we all know, you know, you know, it we goes, all know it. Yeah, it goes yeah. a different direction goes, than Goonies, yeah, yep. Different direction, of course, but yep. this is a good one. So when I watch this thing, I am thinking pure joy, I'm having fun. Billy's life is going pretty good, regardless of the normal everyday family 1980s struggles. Something about to uh, interrupt this daily life for him and his mom and dad and turn Christmas on its head. When you can say presented by Steven Spielberg, um, when your movie says that after 1975's Jaws, you're going you're gonna to make bank. Okay. Moving right along, folks, to poster and tagline. Carrie, I'm going to let you go first. There's two posters that we want to talk about here. Yeah, I, I prefer the blue poster where he's opening the box. It's just like a sneak peek. It's it's a little teaser, and I like that. Yeah, the tagline on that one uh, says, Cute, clever, mischievous, intelligent, dangerous. Um, I think I'm going to have to agree with you there. Um, the other white poster has Gizmo, our little furry buddy, uh, featured front and center, which I do like. And it's got the silhouette of what could happen should you not follow the rules. And we'll get into the rules a little bit later. Um, the tagline on the white one is what you see isn't always what you get. I feel like audiences, anybody that saw the preview for this back in the day and remember, this is probably 1983 that you're seeing the preview for this flick. And so um, you're seeing this preview. I, I'd be interested to know what this trailer was attached to. But you're thinking, oh, man, what is this? And then you go into it. Okay, this isn't just like a holiday movie there. Yeah, this is like Goonies. But man, this is a lot more than just that. What about... Um, what about alternate taglines, Carrie? What, what's the one that you created for <laughs> Gremlins? Strange and unusual pets for Christmas. Check. Mischief and mayhem. Check. Can you survive the night? I like that one. You're starting to use your stewardess voice, by the way. <laughs> it's starting to creep in. Like you're giving off instructions how to jump off of a plane. <laughs> Which I don't know how to do, so. Strange and unusual pets for Christmas? Check. Mischief and mayhem? Check. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> you sound like the woman in planes, trains, and automobiles. No, I don't. May I help you? No, I don't. Well, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so here's That's my, my favorite scene. <laughs> I thought you were about to say, that's my favorite when you're fucked. <laughs> so here's my tagline gremlins here's the holiday gift that keeps on giving 
and taking lives. That's mine. What do I do? Ha, 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 ha. Why do you, you and your son, Zombie Toots, want to keep adding moo-ha-has to everything? <laughs> he is my mini-me. You are a ban from the <laughs> moo-ha-ha. Not everything deserves an evil laugh. Okay? It's getting old at this point. No more moo-ha-has for you. Never. Wait a second. What's that over there? What's that little creature trying to touch my soda? Quit opening my soda. What is that brown and white fuzzy thing? Put it away. Oh, so cute. What the hell? Hey, Malewolf, how come you didn't do your job and guard the vault? I don't Listen. Maybe the Malewolf is confused. It's probably too busy with all the Christmas presents being delivered late. Thank you, USPS. Anyways, enough of that. Where to stream 1984's Gremlins? Well, you can get this a lot of places. Uh, YouTube, Google, Redbox, Vudu, Apple TV, Amazon Prime, of course. Now we are moving on. Oh, here's the Melwolf. Melwolf, tell us about the physical media ordering guide. You've got some thoughts and instructions for us here. Since you're in charge of the postal work here, Melwolf, get on it. Okay. All right. So he's telling me a used DVD for Gremlins from your local thrift dollar store eBay is going to run you a buck or five bucks. Can you imagine finding this just used in good condition for a buck? That, that'd be pretty good. That would be. Uh, I, Mel... see, I see some thrifting in your future. <laughs> Are you putting me specifically on like you must find Gremlins for yes, under $5? Because, listen, I thought we had this movie. <laughs> I no. really did. Yes, we went looking for it and we did not have it. Um, Mail Wolf tells me brand new. Okay, brand new DVD. We're not talking Blu-ray yet for 10 to 12 bucks. That seems a little high. I feel like I want to find this at the thrift store. Or it should be seven nine. Well, if you're going to do, yeah, if you're going to do, see, yeah, you're right. Like the Walmart bin, this yeah. does, this needs to be in the $7 Walmart I, bin. I feel like I have a task. Well, we've got, well, okay. The Mail Wolf tells me, hold up, because there's some even better deals out there. Okay, so the Blu-ray for the same price. If you're going to dish out 10 or 12, you might as well get the Blu-ray, he tells me. Multi-format, another buck, you get both. Okay. If you're into the 4K, which we are not, uh, 25 bucks. That that's that's all you if you're up to that for the 4K. Um, what boy? Okay, so he says a special note is to be on the lookout for the Gremlins one and two black DVD box, sometimes selling under 10 bucks on eBay, used of course. Or you can find Gremlins as part of a triple feature DVD that has Gremlins one two and beetlejuice on that triple feature dvd and sometimes he's telling me that really that one okay so the carry you made a good call earlier this makes sense you can find gremlins one and two and goonies on a triple feature used for five to ten bucks so no wonder you felt goonies somebody else must have felt that way too yeah so okay carrie why don't you give us that warning welcome to the DFM Spoilers Incline. If you haven't watched this week's film or aren't a spoiler hound, you may want to skip this ride. For everyone else, welcome aboard. Please take a seat. Reminder to passengers, as we descend, we ask that you not feed the ghouls or hounds of hell. Enjoy the nightmarish landscape by moonlight 
as we descend 6,666 eons of brimstone. You now have arrived at your final destination. Spoilers ahead. You are warned. For more information on what an incline is, Google that shit. Now comes DFM's very own Jake the Midnight Traveler. No, he's an emotional support male wolf. Case and carry. Well, that's the story. So if your air conditioner goes on the fritz, or your washing machine blows up, or your video recorder conks out, before you call the repairman, turn on all the lights, check all the closets and cupboards, and look under all the beds. Because you never can tell. There just might be a gremlin in your house. And all these years later, I still wonder if Randall Peltzer slash Hoyt Axton was actually right. Happy holidays, my family and only friends. It's Jake, the Midnight Traveler, here again to help bring in the holiday season in the bloodiest way possible. The temperature has dropped, and the season of spending and colored lights are upon us. And that means we must now venture into the white wilderness of rampant capitalism and year-end madness. So, what better time to throw in some real chaos and carnage, right? Well, let's put a great foot forward into the melee with the cornerstone of my cinematic upbringing. 1984 itself was a banner year for many, none more than so for yours truly. And it was this year that unleashed this little piece of movie mayhem from legend Joe Dante, Gremlins. And before the arguments can even begin, this is 100% a Christmas movie. And one of the best out there, in my not-so-humble opinion, as well as a horror movie. I mean, it's a bunch of little monsters killing people during Christmas. Now, that's a crossover bullseye if there ever was one. Now, this is normally where I would tell you how, where, when, and why I saw this film for the very first time. But for this one, I don't think I can really tell you too much in the same way as I can't tell you about when I first had pizza or met most of my blood relatives. This film has been with me from as far back as I can possibly remember, and I've grown up with it like most of my aforementioned blood relatives. I've got memories of my older brother singing this song to scare me on the way to preschool in the morning, and countless viewings on cable and VHS, followed by nightmares of little green monsters in my second grade classroom. All of these things have taken up massive tracks of real estate in my brain. Tell. The only thing I can say for sure is that this was the very first time I got to see the American institution that was Dick Miller as Mr. Futterman. Yep, remember this, folks. This is a Dante film. And those of you who are savvy will see that this is stocked with great cameos from genre and non-genre actors from the opening scenes until the credits roll. Yep, this was also the first Joe Dante film for me, too. And the love affair for him and his work still continues to this day. Secondly, chances are that most of you, or at least those of you who weren't living under a rock for the past half century, have seen this one or are at least familiar with the plot. Well, the Cliff's Notes version is 
guy buys a strange creature in a dimly lit store in Chinatown and brings it home as a gift for his son. It's a creature that no one else has ever seen before, and with it comes a bizarre set of rules when it comes to taking care of the creature. I will just let this quote from the Chinese boy take it from there. First of all, keep him out of the light. He hates bright light, especially sunlight. It'll kill him. Second, don't give him any water, not even to drink. But the most important rule, the rule that you can never forget, no matter how much he cries, no matter how much he begs, never feed him after midnight. Well, the rules of cinema dictate that a few, if not all of those rules, are about to be broken to create the story, and when they do, the namesakes of the film come to be. The gremlins themselves are horrible little creatures of chaos who want to consume and destroy anyone and anything around them, all while sporting a fang-tooth grin as the world burns. The rest of the film is the fight against these terrors with a backdrop of Christmas as the jokes and bodies pile up. Yeah, I know <laughs> it's a gross oversimplification of it, but like I said, you've probably seen this before, or the very least know what's going on because this movie is so deep within the zeitgeist of popular culture that its neighbors are back to the future and at least one of the Star Wars movies as far as films go. Merchandising, quotes, and lingo have all permanently permeated our daily life for most of anyone out there over the age of 25. Personally, it was one of the first horror experiences I ever had with movies. Like I said, I was too young to remember when I first saw this and can tell you that it was one of my first tastes of horror and its mix of humor was how it got to me at such a young age. Gizmo was cute and fluffy. Can't be that scary, can it? Well, to this kid, who was definitely under the age of five, it was. And like I said... I have the nightmares to prove it. But as you can tell, this didn't deter me from it one bit. I grew up with this film and grew to love it on as many levels as one could. The cast and cameos, Chuck Jones and Steven Spielberg, were something I could appreciate only as a slightly older viewer on their way to becoming a connoisseur of fine cinema. Did I mention that Dick Miller was in this too? Well, let's just mention that again for the record. Also, <laughs> it was a real head trip to see Phoebe Cates in Fast Times after this when puberty kicked in. Wow, that scene at the pool sure changes things. Throw in a who's who of voice actors going to town while voicing the gremlins themselves, and you have a perfect piece of Christmas pie. If it were actually a movie and not a pie. Essential viewing rears its head again here, folks. This is truly a timeless classic that easily crosses over to non-horror fans, and it should be held in as high regard as It's a Wonderful Life, if not higher. Hey, did It's a Wonderful Life actually have Dick Miller? No, it didn't. So there you have it. Gremlins wins. Dick Miller always wins. As for me, I think I will wrap up this little present for you right here. Gerald wants me to come over to see his new apartment, and I'm probably going to rob his ass while I'm there. See you next midnight, Jake.
I'm glad to see, Jake, that you've got a lot of Dick Miller love for this episode. I think uh, one of us does, <clears throat> me, <laughs> and specifically uh, does too. But um, anyways, maybe I should have had more caffeine today. But um, moving right along, folks, to uh, favorite creator, cast, and character notables. So, of course, as you've already heard from Jake the Midnight Traveler, this is a Joe Dante film. Joe Dante of Piranha, which we'll be talking about actually next July in Beach Party Bonfires and Blood Month 2. Um, really digging Joe Dante films on this pod. Rock and Roll High School, which we got to go see uh, along with Bubba Hotep at Joe Bob's Cult of the Rockstar Night. That was amazing. <sighs> um, I'm, we're staring at the picture of us with Joe Bob and Darcy right now. I know. Um, we covered The Howling and The Howling 2 earlier this season. Although Joe Dante had nothing to do with the Howling 2. Um, or if he did, he probably doesn't want it to be known. <laughs> but uh, um, he did a segment for the Twilight Zone movies, Explorers with our favorite Ethan Hawke, River Phoenix, and more. Uh, Carrie, he did Inner Space, which I, I know love you love. Yeah. You really love the Burbs. Uh, and of course, um, there's Gremlins 2, the new batch. Now we've got Billy, played by Zach Galligan, as our lead, Phoebe Cates as Kate. Um, which, as Jake mentions in his segment, uh, as a young man growing up watching Phoebe Cates in Fast Times, and then you see her here, it's a complete reversal for her. You're coming off of the uh, the teen heartthrob from uh, Fast Times, and of course there's the pool scene that everybody thinks of. Oh, yeah. And then, and then you're coming here, and she's so wholesome in this movie. So that I just wanted to note that little thought there, but um, and also another Fast Times. What's along, that? Judge Reinhold. Oh yeah, good call, good call. Thank you for not letting me forget that. Howie Mandel is Gizmo. Um, honorable mention. There's just too many lists from the Joe Dante Company of Friends. Mentioning Dick Miller would just be too easy. Um, is there somebody other than Judge Reinhold that is like, ooh, look who that is? I mean, mine's Corey Feldman. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's that's a small part, and it, it's almost like I almost wish he was in it a little bit more. Yeah, you see him in Billy's bedroom for a little while. Yeah, you know, but he's only got like what five minute, maybe seven minutes total runtime of screen time. Yeah, he's there with the teacher. At the one point, they're doing tests yes, and, on in and, the pupil stage. Yes. Um, and then you see him at the end like fending off gremlins out of his window. Yeah. But uh, I wonder if he was getting, he maybe he was too busy getting prepped for the final chapter for Friday maybe. the 13th. But yeah, I would have liked to see more. He's got the same little Corey hair from the final chapter in this one. So. Carrie, who's your favorite surprise? Wake <laughs> up, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, for me, it's, it's seeing Dick Miller. I mean... <sighs> Come on, you weren't supposed. We said besides Dick Miller. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, we're gonna we're gonna let you off the hook and say Judge Reinhold is your surprise. Okay. Okay. Wah wah wah. Well, I know I failed. Well, guys, we are already at intermission. Um, pause right now if you have to. Um, but make sure you come back for intermission. As moving forward, we're gonna feature two movie trailers. 
These movies are what Carrie and I would pair with this week's flick for a double feature. Um, then starting in segment two, horror, etc., we'll explain who selected what movie and why. Then we'll follow that up with our favorite what the hell moment from this week's film, favorite death or effect. We'll give it our DFM flamethrower rating. And then each of us will decide if this movie lands on a top five favorites of that genre list. And then we might throw in a random thought or topic to close it out. All right, guys, see you back here for segment two, horror, etc. is being packed and shipped to a little town in South Dakota whose luck may have just run out.
Okay, guys, we are back from intermission. Those are some really interesting movies that the both of us have picked. <laughs> now, Carrie, who picked Leprechaun to pair with Gremlins? I did. Yeah, you just got into Leprechaun. I did, and You're I welcome. can't believe it. I know. You I can't, can't believe all like, these years. I've done you all never these saw years. Them. Oh, just wait till you get to Leprechaun Three. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Willow in Vegas, basically. And I think it's that's great. why I love it, because it's yeah, Willow, basically. Um, and of course, with that, I picked the gate. You went with the one small creature who is a humanoid. Yeah. In Willow as Leprechaun, um, I'm sticking with the theme of multiple creatures. Only this time, instead of puppets, in the gate we had people, actual full-size people dressed in rubber suits, and then it was scaled down to make them look smaller than what they actually were. So I thought that was interesting. But oh, you've—I thought I showed you the gate. You're telling me that you didn't see it? No, you showed me the preview for it, but I've yeah. never—I've heard of it, but I've never. That's seen one it. that zombie toots and ghostly puppers can see. And I think we need to check it out. Yeah, together. there's like, you know, a kid is home alone with his best buddy and they accidentally summon these little creatures from hell. And of course, his mm. older sibling is there with her friends and they're all fending off these demons while the parents are away. It's yeah. pretty cool. That, that's also another one that's kind of Goonie-esque. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then the gate two, I've got thoughts about gate two i'm on the fence about that one but that we'll save that for another time so we're going to move right along to our favorite what the hell moment <laughs> from gremlins what the hell what the hell is that okay so in a movie filled with these moments these what the hell moments I'm going to hone in on an individual that we've already brought up a couple of times that provides a lot of chuckling, head-shaking moments. Um, and, and I do mean moments, meaning plural. There's like a through line with this character throughout the entire film. And it is the quirk of Dick Miller's character continually commenting on cars, household appliances, tractors, and more being damn formed pieces of crap. His character adds to the Rockwell portrayal of this movie. Um, I'm sure most of you are familiar with what Rockwell paintings are. Um, Gremlins is the ultimate, to me, portrayal of 80s Americana. And not just the 80s, but think about the way we love the 80s and 90s stuff today. Back then, if you were old enough to be alive or remember, maybe you're like Carrie and I, we were little kids back then, um, people thought the 50s was cool and retro back then. So to see the Gremlins um represent a rockwell painting it's very much a blend of 80s and 50s creature feature but also 50s main street that main street in gremlins is almost kind of like the back to the future main street yeah um, where you could see it 30 years earlier and then 30 years later but it's a blend but anyways dick miller's character is one that captures the feeling we've got the old generation that people in the 80s loved that was what was cool in retro Okay, damn foreign crap. You know, uh, oh yeah, WW2, you know, WWII, (laughs) which was a neat way of saying that. Um, He captures the spirit of this Rockwell painting of Gremlins. Um, I'd say that and the dad being the down on his luck inventor um, carries that theme. So the what the hell moment is Dick Miller is very much tied into the theme and setting 
he's the one character almost kind of like, hey, let me take you along a little ride here. Um, Carrie, how about you? What's your favorite what the hell? There's just too many to pick. Can you pick one? Just to uh, further go on about that. So we should have named this Miller We Heart. Yeah, name for this Miller. This Miller's for you. <laughs> no. <laughs> we should have named this episode We Heart Dick Miller. Yes. Okay. Um, Which I'm sure the Midnight Traveler would approve of. So even if you look in at the kitchen and the appliances uh, of Billy's home and all the inventions, it's very 50s-esque when you look at the appliances. You look at them and they are older appliances. You do get that retro feel to it even though it's all about functionality that's what i love about the 80s were about functionality for appliances anyways but um so i'm really going with the scene where they're in the bar and there's this jazz gremlin sitting there smoking and drinking and he's listening to a jazz music and then there's wait a second (laughs) he's listening to a jazz music (laughs) <laughs> a mu- okay he's listening to a jazz record okay are you sure it's not from a jukebox gary <laughs> i don't, don't know. know see look you she's guessing <laughs> don't, don't let her off the hook folks <laughs> i don't know don't let her off the hook okay. it's a song a jazz song okay okay <laughs> from where it's being played i don't know but then there's this other gremlin that comes up and he's sitting there with these puppets and he's talking to it and it's just like what yeah, he's like the cool jazz gremlin man. Yeah, and he there. just like pushes him aside because he's like, get out of here with those puppets. It was almost like a little Dick Tracy moment with that gremlin. Yeah. Interesting. I can see you're still confused by it. I am. I'm like, why? So moving right along, folks. I think some people were having fun. If Carrie will let me. <laughs> to favor death and or effect. Carrie, you're on a roll, I guess. You can continue. <laughs> So my favorite death is actually off screen um, with Dick Cheater, Miller. you're cheating. It's not. I'm just joking. Um, with Dick Miller and his wife. You know, in the beginning, he's talking about these little green men stuff. and That was little, a nice touch. Yeah. yeah. These little, like, oh, you know, men and check your cars for little green men. But he's like saying oh my god it's gremlins they do exist as he's being run over by his own <laughs> tractor wide-eyed, which is green wide-eyed dick miller yeah that is oh that's a good call with a green yeah um i'm actually yeah i it's really hard not to be attracted to dick miller he's like a magnet every time you see him he's just so wild-eyed he's so I mean, versatile he's, he's too. a char- he's just he's a character there are so many so many dick miller um, roles that you need to see at and all throughout these Roger Corman films dating back to the fifties and sixties. Okay. You want to talk about Rockwell painting? There is a horror movie where Dick Miller plays a painter. Oh my God. He's the main guy in it too. Yeah. You want to talk about like a maniac movie before maniac came out? You would love that one. Yeah. You would love that. Um, so anyways, before we get too off track, I'm going, um, you know, the movie is light, obviously. I mean, look, we we said it. It's a PG movie. We've done other horror adjacent movies or horror of war movies that were R or have we done a PG-13 movie? I don't know that we have. I don't, I don't I mean, know. We'd have to go back and look. I don't think we have. 
even the ones that Zombie Toots and Ghostly Puppers were on, they were R-rated. Yeah. Like they were on um, Scream, Scream, and Demon yeah. Night. Um, I know there was a couple other ones that we're forgetting about. I uh, feel like eventually we'll come up with a PG thirteen. A PG thirteen, yeah. And I'm yeah. gonna have to look at the episode two guy. By the way, guys, which is up at uh, DFM Mailwolf on um, Insta, and it's on our Facebook page, Time for Midnight on Facebook. Um, season two guide. We'll post it up on our website when we can get past all the holiday stuff going on. Um, but anyways, back to uh, death and effects. I'm going with the effect in the local YMCA. Um, I love the gremlin jumping into the pool, unleashing the hordes of gremlins. We've got the bubbling pool, the steam coming from the pool, and the green glow. Um, I feel that this went at this point from a cute little creature feature in the vein of E.T. to, uh-oh, we're about to have the minor Chinese demons of hell unleashed on small-town America. So the pool scene is what changes the tone of this movie for me. It was simple, effective. Do you think this movie could serve as modern commentary on Chinese-American relations? Oh, anyways, let's save that know. for the geopolitical yeah. experts. Moving right along, guys, to our rating hold on speaking maybe not because gary won't let me speaking of et those cookies you're reading too much into cookies that just were misshaped (laughs) like et i swear listen we've got we've got steven spielberg okay yeah all right i'm really surprised you didn't pick um speaking of uh joe dante films uh why didn't you pick uh the burbs I'm really, I'm curious as to why, I thought one of us would have at least picked another Joe Dante film to pair this with, but anyways. I don't know. The Midnight, Tra- oh, by the way, The Midnight Traveler had told me in a separate message, the male wolf just um, forgot to tell you this, uh, he picked Ghoulies as his pairing Ooh, with this movie. Oh, nice so, one. He said he reserves the right to change his mind, but <laughs> for now it's the Ghoulies. <laughs> okay. Aww. So anyways, a little... Yes, it's not ET. They're not ET cookies, Carrie. You can think that if you want. I disagree. I We're not know. gonna have a whole segment of the cookies in the Gremlin movie. <laughs> okay. Listen, I, I don't think I can make sugar cookies that that good. So <laughs> were they real? Co- so this is the trivia that we all need to know. Are they real cookies? Or are those? Are they gingerbread? Are those production cookies? They're not actual cookies. <laughs> If you're going to go, so to see, because they might need to take many takes over a day, so they can't really be real cookies. Of course, it doesn't matter if they rot. Okay, listen, we're going too deep <laughs> on cookies. Um, Moving right along, folks, to the rating. Carrie, what are you giving? Gremlins. So before I give my rating. Oh, my God. She won't no, let me move on. I just want to say I have seen this movie as a kid. <laughs> okay. And I probably saw I think I saw it on through HBO. One of those when HBO was part of cable TV. I saw a lot of things through HBO. Um, I'm surprised that this was PG. I, I really am because it, rewatching this, I realize a couple of things like, oh, my God. There's no red blood. That's why. Even even the but, mom butchering the gremlins and microwaving them and blendering but them. But the microwaving. Yeah, the microwave scene was... That I think that was like, but it's green goo. That's yeah, why. that that's why. Yeah. So, anyways, oh. um, are you going yes. to bless us this holiday season <laughs> with your rating for Gremlins? All good things. 
come to those who wait. Oh my god. <laughs> um, because I do love this movie so much. I'm we'll get a rating. <laughs> I'm giving this a four out of five flamethrowers. Do you hear what I hear? It's a rating from Carrie, finally. <laughs> well, listen, I really think this is a very good movie. I really like this movie. I'm still only going to be giving it a three and a half out of five. And guys, look, there is just other Joe Dante films I love more than this. There are other creature feature movies I love more than this. Um, I just, I can't go there. It doesn't rank as high as a four for me. Um, I do get a little bit annoyed with some of the gremlins that could be my sensitivity to sound. Um, it does feel like maybe five or 10 minutes could have been shaved off the movie for me. That's, that's just me. It, it gets a little long in the tooth. Once we get to the end of this film that I, it's like, I, I'm ready for it to be over. I, I, and it doesn't get high rewatch for me, but again, it's very good. And I like it a lot. Um, it's just not, it's not one of my faves, but then again, our overall DFM flamethrower rating for Gremlins is 3.75 out of 5 flamethrowers. Okay, now the question is, Carrie. Does this movie, Gremlins, land on a top five Christmas horror movie list for us? I think the answer is probably not. Probably not. And I know that you haven't watched a ton of Christmas horror movies. And that's probably why it does land in a top five for me, just because have I have Have you haven't... even watched five Christmas horror movies? I don't know that you have. Better, it's okay. Better it's watch okay. out. It's okay if you haven't. Oh my god, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, that would out. be that would be one of mine. Okay. Um, the Violent Night. I enjoyed that one very much. Black okay, Christmas. Okay, so we went five to four to three. Um, I've seen Silent Night. That was pretty good. Two. Um. Yeah. I think that's okay. That's about it. So does Gre- is Gremlins on your list then? Yeah, just is that, because is I that, haven't seen. Is that your number one Christmas horror movie? I think for for me it is because it's it brings me back to when I was a kid. Nice. It's okay. Nostalgic. Okay. So while I love the horror elements, <laughs> while I love the horror elements that Gremlins has, I don't think of Gremlins. When I think of my faves, but then again, I have watched more Christmas horror movies than you have. Um, it does get honorable mention from me, though. I, again, it's very good, and I like it. I highly recommend it. It's a great gateway to horror for younger kids. Um, having two going on ten-year-olds, uh, we've got a lot of experience. I actually would pair this up with movies like The Burbs as a gateway as an intro for kids who have never been exposed to horror. 
Um, Joe Dante does that well. And then I turn right around and say, okay, you ready for Joe Dante? Other flick, the howling, (laughs) but, um, or piranha. Uh, I, I'm just not really a big fan of gremlins two at all. It feels hollow and commercial to me compared to the first, that one probably means a lot more to our childhood people in like, or what first, second grade, we're talking about gremlins two a lot. I remember the trading cards from gremlins two. I mean, it was a thing. The gremlins were relevant again for a whole year um, back then. But look, it's all about um, personal preference. But Rare Exports is a movie that I have my eye on. I can't, I haven't watched it yet. A lot of people have been talking about Rare Exports. Um, And next year, Art the Clown is coming back in Terrifier 3. And you've all probably seen that uh, preview with him in his Santa suit. So that's going to be interesting. But my top five Christmas horror movies starts with number five, Christmas Evil, which is a really hammy, cheesy. You got to be in for for a cheese fest. Like it might not be your kind of bad, but it's my kind of bad. <laughs> um, number four. Here's another one to all a good night. It's just another ham fest. Uh, number three, this is the one Joe, Bob, and Darcy have shown. Don't open till Christmas. That British slasher. I must have missed that episode. <gasps> Carrie. I must have been sick. I must have been sick because oh. I don't remember that. Oh, you need to watch Don't Open Till Christmas. <laughs> number two, Saint or Saint Nick or Sint, which you still need to see. I do. That I love that one. It looks very interesting. By Dick Moss, the creator of Amsterdam. Amsterdam, Amsterdam, oh. So much so that Zombie Toots has to have alarm. it for his alarm. By Lois Lane, no doubt. Uh, number one, my favorite Christmas horror movie is 1974 with John Saxon, Olivia Hussey, Black Christmas. It's me, Billy. Hey, Billy. Which, <laughs> which... Billy is in Gremlins. Not that Billy, a different Billy. But hey, guys, next week, we're talking about Black Christmas, followed by Dead End, and then our last episode, The Lodge. We've only got three more weeks to go. Now it's time to close out this episode with our not-so-random or random topic of the week. Guys, we this we're just going to do a really micro-light review of... Thanksgiving, uh, Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. We just saw that last Friday before everybody started taking their turns getting sick in our house. Um, although we might have brought it back from the Richland Cinemas in Johnstown. We might have, because nobody else fault. got sick, but yeah, our kids. were the carriers. But um, yeah, we saw a 115 showing at the Richland Cinemas in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. There was about half a dozen people half a dozen people in total for a while there we always get there early we like to like go to the bathroom get our popcorn or our soda we only did soda this time right yeah because we ate right we before. Ate it, we ate at chilies i got my triple dipper at chilies <laughs> <laughs> what did you get at chilies oh my honey chipotle chicken crispers yeah of course you gotta yeah. get that even in my triple dipper that's my sauce of choice so anyways 115 showing of mcdreamy Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. I am so glad that we went to see it because it was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. We had been waiting since we saw Grindhouse all those many years ago, back in 2007. I'm like, oh, there's gonna, there's this fake, these fake trailers. There's this slasher. Oh my God, Thanksgiving that looks like Halloween. Well, 
If you have not been seeing the previews, it is nothing like a Grindhouse movie at Mm -hmm. all. He definitely went in a different direction. Um, Spoilers, guys. Everybody was really excited. They've been waiting for Mark Kincaid from Scream 3 to come back. Well, he comes back. McDreamy, Patrick Dempsey, comes back as a cop in this one. Yes. Spoilers only this time. He's John Carver, the killer. What? Really? What? I didn't realize that we were going to spoil that. Yes. Absolutely we're spoiling it. I said spoilers, guys. Oh, okay. That was their warning. That was their warning. Oh, well, if I piss somebody off, I'm so sorry. Not sorry, but really, I'm sorry. No, um, if you would have looked at the guide, Carrie, it says Thanksgiving spoilers reaction. I'm sorry. Spoilers, guys. Carrie didn't read the guide ahead of time. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about the opening of this film. And again, we're spoiling things. Okay, Gary. Um, I was fine with spoiling some things. I just, I wasn't going to go there. Oh, I I was. You should have been ready for it. (laughs) Well, listen, funny enough, here's the, here's the thing about this. Uh, You know what? I'll save it for a little bit. Let's talk about the opening. Carrie, give me your thoughts about the opening of this film. What is the, catalyst for the events of thanksgiving so it's thanksgiving and you have two different families you have one who is the owner of the store in question i forget the store's name and then you have the one worker he's like a manager and he was trying to have thanksgiving dinner but he got called in to work by the owners on black friday Basically saying, if you don't come, you're going to get fired. And there is a mob waiting outside of this store. And it's getting unruly. And then the problem... You've got the rival high school there, yeah. the football players, their main characters are yapping at the other football team. And you have there. the owner's daughter who sneaks her friends in to grab a couple things And first. they're acting all special. And McDreamy, who's the sheriff, gets called in for crowd control. Yep. Um, the one woman who was his love interest, um, all hell breaks loose at the store. People, the, the workers there, the guards there, the fellow customers, there's a stampede. People get trampled. There are people get killed. Killed gruesomely Gruesomely, too. Not just, not just trampled. There's people get their necks snapped by carts that roll across their face. But anyways, scalp, scalp gets ripped off by a shopping cart. Um, and if you don't think that can happen, just go watch the movie and see how it happens. It's made that made me wince. It actually, did. my mouth was actually open. I, uh, yeah, I, I, like jaw was, was agape. Like, oh, you went there. Yes, exactly. And and so what happens is McDreamy finally has to pull out his gun and shoot shoot in the air, and that's when the title card comes out. Thanksgiving. So right out of the gate, you've got Prowler vibes. Um, I thought it was a little heavy handed pointing to McDreamy a little too much um but that's you know in retrospect now um what was your favorite part of mcdreamy's performance i i actually really enjoyed pretty much i want to say the very end where he reveals himself and she tricks him into revealing himself to everybody that he is because um, he just turns and he flips and it, you know, the accent and everything. And it's just like, 
Yeah. And and Pat Patrick Dempsey was saying this um or Eli Roth was saying this. That is his actual real accent. He's I, from that area. I can't believe and he's pretty like much we're fine. Yeah, we're it's pretty much hidden it his yeah. entire career. And if you want to see Patrick Dempsey in a very fir- his very first role, he's got a small little part in the horror movie called The Stuff. <laughs> but um no, uh I like the reveal. Um I definitely got some scream Kincaid vibes from him whenever he would be showing up at the scene after somebody got killed. Yeah. Um, when they, when, when she, the main girl was getting chased in the hall, dark hallways, of the high school. And that's when I started thinking this is getting a little convenient. That our sheriff just keeps showing up at the right time. Um, he was always missing when some characters were talking with other cops. Although for a little while, I suspected the new deputy, I never suspected him, but I did suspect our man from the Disney zombie movies at one oh, point. Oh, that he was He was weird. the biggest red herring of the entire movie. That was very weird. Yeah. Milo. Zed. <laughs> Milo. Um... It's not It's not Milo Ventimiglia. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe I wish it was. <laughs> nice. Thanks. Okay. So moving right along to the teen characters. I actually thought a lot of them were kind of forgettable except for... The pitcher who comes back and now he's a tow truck driver. He was really good. Um, the I hate to say it, but the girls were kind of forgettable, other than the main, the main, the main girl, yeah, the daughter, yeah. Um, definitely a couple of the friends had their comeuppance. I was fine with the gold digger wife getting her just desserts, uh, so to speak, pun not intended. Well, and she um, was the one who pushed for the opening. Yeah, so she, so anyways, we won't give out too many more spoilers other than the main ones we already gave <laughs> out. Um, let me talk for a second just about the setting itself. We were long overdue for a slasher movie that took place in the north or the northeastern setting. Uh, this was filmed in Canada, but it's been a long time. We, we're always getting slashers that... We're filmed in Georgia. We're filmed in California. Um, anywhere else except I just love that a lot of the early 80s slashers were filmed in New Jersey, New York, um, Pennsylvania. It had the New England setting that you wanted to have. It felt like it just the cold. That area of the country, the way they portrayed in the film, it works better for me. There's something yeah. about it. And yeah, I people were asking me, oh, what movie does this remind you of? And they didn't want spoilers. I hate to say it, guys, but The Prowler is what... This reminds me of The Prowling. Yeah. So anyways. Um, moving right along to the ending of this movie. Well, we already... You already know from our spoilers that... Um, McDreamy is the killer. He's John Carver. We're not going to give all of his motivation as to but, why, but um, it is a pretty big reason why. A pretty big reason. And it's it's a, not just it's him. A, it's a big reveal. Yeah, it's a really big reveal. Yeah. And um, this has. I will just say that this has a. I know what you did last summer. Ending to it, mm-hmm. which was very surprising, and. Funny enough that we're recording today because Eli Roth just came out on Instagram today and said, given the success of the first movie, they are making Thanksgiving too. So yep. yay, yay for that. We got a sequel. We're definitely going to go see that. Oh and, yeah. And we are going to see Terrifier 3. So we're going to have Terrifier 3 next year for Christmas. Yeah, Even though it's coming out in October, that's going to be weird. Um, I wonder if that's just a dream sequence. But anyways, 
Then 2025 is when Thanksgiving 2 comes out. So, yeah, guys, this was it. That's the end of episode 42. Hope you all enjoyed it. Um, Next week, again, is Billy Black Christmas. We've only got three more episodes to go, Carrie. I know. I can't believe it. Before we come back for season two in February 2024. Love you guys. Hope you're having a good start to December. Bye. Peace out and happy holidays.